Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Hashtag Morris Mondays. I'm Terrell Turner, one of the creators of this wonderful show. We're bringing back the Q&A just for today. And again, I have the opportunity to interview the pastor of this historic church, Carter Tabernacle Christian Methodist Episcopal Church of Orlando, Florida, and the presiding elder of the Central Florida District, the Reverend Dr. James T. Morris. Hello, pastor and presiding elder. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Terrell. I'm fine. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you. Wonderful. Great. Let's jump right into it. All right. So in yesterday's sermon that you preached, um, You Can Depend on God, which you can listen to on our Facebook platform right now. You focus on these scriptures, um, Psalm 23, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10, and Ezra chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Can you explain why those scriptures were so important and so influential in um, your message yesterday? Well, those scriptures provided the foundation to rail upon um, trusting uh, and depending on God, the need for his people to do so in troubling times, perilous times. Um, those are the times in which we find ourselves living today. And so each of those scriptures focused in on how we depend on God um, because they suggest, um, each of those passages suggests that we are sheep um, and that the Lord is our shepherd. And as such, we depend upon our shepherd uh, to guide us, uh, to protect us, to take care of us. Um, When we go off on our own uh, without the protective covering of the shepherd, uh, that's when we tend to get in trouble. Um, The prophet Isaiah says that all we like sheep have gone astray. Um, And so, of course, David uses the term uh, metaphorically, uh, sheep, um, and that the Lord is um, our shepherd. Um, And of course, in Ezra, the idea was that uh, people of God uh, need uh, protecting. um, And whenever we go off on our own, and whenever we decide or feel like we can get along without God is when we wind up getting ourselves into trouble. And so certainly with everything that's going on in our nation right now and uh, indeed the world, um, we need someone in whom we can depend. Um, And that someone, of course, is um, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God our Heavenly Father. So we need to be dependent upon those things, those persons, those, those, uh, in order for us to survive. Black Lives Matter is still very relevant. Um, It started when George Floyd, he died in June, and it's been a consistent, and it's been growing, it's been growing, and it's been growing, and more crimes and more police brutality issues have been coming up 
Um, there was even, I think, an issue here in Orlando that just happened a week or two ago um, that people are protesting about it. So how do we continue to make Black Lives Matter relevant and not have it die? Well, we've got to continue. We've got to um, be persistent. Um, we've got to persevere. And just because it's not covered uh, in the daily news cycle uh, does not make it less relevant. We've got to continue. Those who are in the Black Lives Matter movement um, have got to keep the pressure up. Um, got to continue to um, raise the issue uh, whenever those issues arise in our nation. One of the things I think the movement needs to do is that whoever is a part of Black Lives Matter in Orlando, or Black Lives Matter in New York, or Black Lives Matter in Miami or Jacksonville or wherever, they need to remain in contact with the national Black Lives Matter movement people and to apprise them of issues as they break out in our various communities so that then people can be mobilized once again, like they were with George, George Floyd, um, all over the nation around what's happening right here in Orlando um, just these last few days. Um, the world needs to know that here in Orlando, a policeman shot a young black man who was running away from him uh, and shot him in the back and killed him. Uh, and so that needs to be um, known uh, by the Black Lives Matter movement all over the globe so that as they continue to march, they can add this young man's name uh, in order to keep it present and in front of this nation. Um, unfortunately, what happened with George Floyd, the, the news cycle has moved on from it, um, but George Floyd is still dead. The young man shot here in Orlando, and I'm sorry, I don't remember, recall his name right now, it escapes me. Um, he's still dead. And so um, these issues need to be kept in our forefront because they're still happening. Um, and so that suggests, Sorrell, that we need um, to elect um, an administration that's going to be sensitive to um, the Black Lives Matter movement uh, so that it doesn't get lost because the news cycle changes quickly. The next uh, disaster that pops up, the next problem, uh, the next person in Trump's orbit that gets arrested, <laughs> gets uh, indicted, um, then that's going to be the, the real news cycle for, for that day or that moment. So it's important to keep it going. We can keep it going. We should keep it going. And so I hope that those who are involved with the movement uh, and the leadership of the movement, like I said, will be in touch with um, those uh, who are running the national Black Lives Matter movement so we can keep it going. We talk about politics so much here on Morris Mondays, doing this with you and um, producing the content for you. I find that we talk a lot more about political issues than anything else. So can you give me a little bit more on your political history and why we mention it so much here on Morris Mondays? 
Now, there's one thing that we have to be clear about, um, Terrell, that's clear to me. Historically, historically, the black church has always been involved in social issues, the issues that affect our people. Yes, we worship God. Yes, we praise our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, the biblical stories are important to us. They give us our hope uh, for our current dilemma and situation. But beyond coming to church and worshiping and praising God, we are called to live in this world. And this world offers us many challenges. And most of those challenges can only be met and dealt with um, through um, action through the activity of God's people. Uh, yes, we pray, but after we pray, we've got to go to work. Yes, we have faith in God, but we know that faith without works is dead. So when we talk about the political issues, we're talking about the work aspect of who we are as children of God. There's some work that has to be done. We just can't uh, seclude ourselves off into the church and pray and sing and meditate and leave everything to everybody else and it's going to be all right. I started by saying historically that's been the job of the nature of the black church and that is true. It's been the nature of the black preacher for years because in many instances, the black preacher was historically about the most educated person um, in the community or the most looked up to in the community. Um, and so the community looked to the black preacher to give them direction um, on matters of, of, of social justice and human concerns and politics. Um, and so what they should do. So the church must not be silent on these issues. Um, the church has to lend its voice. And I think that's where we got into trouble. The church shifted from being involved in society uh, and turned in on itself into prayer and praise and fellowship, um, regardless of what was going on outside our walls. It's difficult to pray and praise and fellowship on Sunday morning and you can't feed your family dinner after Sunday service is over and you can't feed them dinner because there are no jobs for you as an African-American um, or because you you are sick with, 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 with uh, systematic health challenges um, that what can only be addressed through the political process. And so um, we're called, we, we're, it's a vortex, if you will. We are, we, we're sucked into it and we have to respond to it. Um, and so that's why I do it. The other reason I do it is because um, I know that the church has a voice that it can lend to uh, local, state, and national um, affairs. It should weigh in. Um, the church should voice to politicians 
what God's people need, what God's people are suffering from, and what are the wishes of God's people. They're not going to hear from anybody else. Scripture says, how shall they hear without the preacher? What is your opinion on people bashing the president, um, President Trump, during his time of bereavement, losing his brother recently, possibly due to COVID-19, although the uh, information is not really known on how he actually died? Well, Terrell, I think, I think it's interesting that the question is raised, and I know people have raised that question. Um, when has President Trump ever stopped bashing anybody? Uh, he, he, he didn't care when John Lewis died. He didn't ease up on bashing Lewis. Uh, when he was asked a question, did he think he was a good man? Uh, he couldn't answer the question. He danced around it. Um, and so uh, I find it interesting that folks think that um, People should have laid off on Trump because his brother died. Well, once again, I say, who has Trump laid off on bashing? Nobody, to my knowledge. When George Floyd was uh, uh, murdered, uh, I, I, I didn't hear any, uh, any great outcry of grief uh, by the president. Um, it was still business as usual. And so he has opened himself to these kinds of attacks, this kind of criticism, um, this kind of vitriolic um, feeling. Um, he, he's, he is the architect of it. Um, and so he has to bear the brunt of it. Um, and so I am not sympathetic uh, to um, his plight. Um, because I failed to see him as president of these United States, commander in chief. I haven't seen him sympathetic. Elections are coming up. Um, well, we just had some elections here in, in Orange County uh, last week. And I just wanted to hear your reaction on some of the results that actually took place. Well, um, as you know, um, from our conversations offline, uh, that I am pleased with uh, the outcome of uh, the elections. Um, some changes that need to be made were made, uh, and uh, I'm happy about them. Uh, persons whom I supported personally um, were successful, uh, and I'm happy for that. Um, because I believe that they're going to do um, what they need to do and what we need them to do uh, to bring about change here in uh, the city of Orlando and in Orange County. Now on Saturday, or yeah, Saturday, um, the House passed the bill for $25 billion to help boost the postal service operations. I don't know if you heard that yet, but yes. I just wanted to hear your opinion on that. Oh, yes. First of all, I applaud uh, Speaker of the House, 
uh, Nancy Pelosi in calling the House uh, back to Washington and back in session. I'm a fan of Nancy Pelosi. She's tough as nails. She's gritty. She's a fighter. Uh, and she fights for people. And um, I am glad that uh, the Democrats um, and I believe uh, two dozen Republicans even uh, crossed over and voted with them for uh, this money to the Postal Service. It's needed because it's clear what uh, Mr. Uh, um, I believe his name is Mr. LeJay, Mr. J is doing. Uh, Joy, uh, whatever his last name is, to the post office. Um, it's a travesty. And um, we know that it's politically um, based um, because it's designed to slow uh, votes. It's designed to suppress votes. Uh, it's designed to make sure that uh, Trump is reelected. And so I'm pleased as much uh, with what the Democrats did. Um, I am not optimistic, Terrell, because I know that Mitch McConnell is probably not going to allow uh, the bill to see the light of day. Um, and that's because um, they want the bill to fail and they don't want to be seen as killing um, a bill that the American people want. I believe it was 90% of the American people feel that the Postal Service, the U.S. Postal Service, is vital to their lifeline. And so um, to vote that down would be suicide uh, for the Republicans in the Senate. So unfortunately, I don't believe it will see the light of day. Uh, but it doesn't have to see the light of day in order for people to see that it is the Republican Party that does not want people to be able to exercise their right to vote. What is your current favorite Christian song or a song that inspires you to get in spirit? Mm. Oh, wow. That's a difficult question, Terrell. Um, you've asked me about my favorite songs before, and I was yeah. <laughs> at a loss then, and I'm still at a loss because there are so many of them, and most of them um, I don't hear in the regular rotation on the gospel music. Um, channels <laughs> um, because they're not the songs that are on the top chart today for gospel music. Um, and so um, wow. That's an inspiration for me right now. You got me. And I'm, I'm usually not at a loss for words. Um, wow. Do you want to ask me the question? 
<laughs> well, you might you might want to tell, you might want to tell us what your favorite song is. Um, if, if if you're feeling like you want to share what your favorite gospel song is with us, that would be fine with me. Actually, I give you time to think. Um, it's not. It's not one of my favorite songs. It is one of my favorite songs. And I don't know how to describe it. It's very inspirational and I love it. And ever since I heard it, it's just the words are so influential in this time. It's called His Love. And it's by the Clark Sisters featuring Snoop Dogg. It kind of has this like groovy, um, funky tone to it, but the words are, are simple. His love what an is- interesting What an interesting combination. Oh yeah, the Clark sisters. And did actually, you say? Did you say Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg, yes. Um, Snoop Dogg actually loves the Clark sisters. Um, he actually made a gospel album. I don't know if you knew. I knew about that. Yeah, but um, I, that. yeah, I um, sang one of his songs that was on the album it was called "Blessing Me Again," featuring Rance Allen a couple years ago, and um, he included the Clark sisters on that album too. So they um did uh, "Pure Gold" and "Blessing Highly Favored," wow. and. Um, so then they came back together to do this song, His Love, for their new album, The Return, which is out right now. And like I said, the words are, are simple. His love is everlasting. His love is all you need. And it's just that message of knowing no matter what we go through or no matter what life is bringing us, even in this current circumstance, his love will always remain the same. His love will never, ever go away. Okay, okay, I hear you. That's hear one of my favorite songs. Okay. Well, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> but, but I, I, you know, there's so many, you know. Let, so me many. Just, let me just say that there was a song that I was listening to the other day uh, that I hadn't heard in a long time. And it's called, There Is No Failure in God. Um, I haven't heard it for years, but um, that song, um, speaks to me with these um, pressing um, times in which we live, and that is to lift our spirits uh, by saying that even with everything that's going on um, in the world right now, there is no failure in God. And I guess that kind of piggybacks on the message that I preached on yesterday uh, about you can depend on God, um, because um, he won't fail. Uh, he won't fail. Um, the old hymn um, that would um, be in line with there is no failure in God um, is God never fails. Uh, he abides in me. He gives me victory. No, God never fails. Just keep the faith. Never cease to pray. Walk upright. Call him noonday or night. He'll be there. He'll be there. There's no need to worry because God never fails. And then on yesterday when I preached, uh, I preached about David said, the Lord is my shepherd. And that my means he is current with David. Um, and so uh, there's no need to worry. God never fails because he's right here with us. Uh, no need to worry, no need to doubt. Um, he's right with us. Um, and so um, that would be um, the song that is in my spirit. Those two songs are in my 
uh, in my spirit, I guess you could say, um, right now during these troubled times. And um, like, again, I said, I hadn't heard it in a long time, but when I heard it, it reminded me of uh, the way I was being led by the spirit uh, with uh, yesterday's uh, message. Those are good choices. <laughs> Uh, they they date me, um, but um, yes, they are they are, they are songs that give me inspiration. And last question. Um, so last. And let me was, say this. Let me say this oh. before you give me the last question. Maybe maybe I might um, listen to that uh, song with uh, the Clark sisters uh, and Snoop Dogg. You uh, have to. I, I I love the Clark sisters. Um, uh, Snoop Dogg, as my grandmother used to say, is something to another else. Uh, <laughs> but maybe if he's found the Lord, um, <laughs> yeah. maybe I might listen to that. You say I have to, huh? Yes, you have to. Um, I'll, I'll give it a listen. Speaking of Snoop Dogg, uh, when he made the gospel album, he was inspired by his grandmother because his grandmother used to play all these artists and one of the artists was the Clark sisters. So that's why he collaborated with them on the album and then collaborated with them on, on their new song. Okay. So, Very good. Very good. <laughs> and last question. Um, so the Democratic National Convention was last week and Joe Biden accepted his nomination for vice, sorry, for president. <laughs> and uh, oh, I always forget, I always pronounce your name wrong. Kamala. 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 Kamala Harris accepted her nomination for vice president. So I just wanted to get your reaction on how you thought um, the overall experience was for the Democratic National Convention. Now, you know my response to that. <laughs> uh, I was excited. Um, I was impressed. Um, I was encouraged um, by the way uh, they handled a virtual virtual mind you convention um it was it was outstanding i mean the way they did the roll call um of of the um votes cast for president going from state to state and getting common everyday people uh who would normally announce it in the hall um, with all the hoopla going on, but to see them in their local habitat, um, giving the roll call was, uh, was, 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 was masterful um, and good because it showed the diversity uh, in the Democratic Party, a diversity you'll not see starting tomorrow. Um, if you're going to watch the virtual uh, Republican National Convention, you're not going to see the diversity that you saw um, last week with the Democrats. So I am excited. Um, as they say, I'm fired up and I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm ready to encourage young millennials like yourself to make sure that you get each other out to vote. Um, because as I said before, I have to keep saying it, if uh, George Floyd's, uh, the marching over him, Breonna Taylor and the countless list of others is gonna mean anything um, it has to be backed up in votes. If not, you were just marching and just marching for the sake of marching and protesting for the sake of protesting. But if we get out and elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris 
we have an opportunity for the Black Lives Matter agenda uh, to be uh, on the minds, the consciousness and the heart of those two, our president and our vice president. Uh, I'm also hopeful, Terrell, that the same thing regarding poor people, um, because poor people make up a large voting block uh, in this nation. And uh, working with uh, uh, Bishop Barber and the Poor People's Campaign, uh, which I am because I'm on the coordinating uh, committee for the Poor People's Campaign to make sure that poor people's agenda is also on the mind and heart of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Because if poor people vote, and if poor people vote the way poor people need to vote, and that's to vote for themselves, um, vote for their issues, and they're gonna vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, and um, so then our issues, their issues should be on the table. So um, I went a little further than you asked me, um, but I was excited about the uh, Democratic National Convention, I'm excited about uh, Kamala's acceptance speech. She did a masterful job with it. Um, and, and Joe Biden rose to the occasion. Fantastic speech. I, I got to say, I was a little worried about what Joe was going to say because Joe is prone to gaffes and just being Joe, being who he is. But he did a, a fantastic job. Of course, Michelle Obama, our former first lady, President Obama, always be my president. Masterful job, wonderful job. All the speakers on the Democratic side did an excellent job. So I think this, the um, uh, convention was very, very successful. And again, thank you so much, Pastor Morris, for this opportunity to do another Q&A with you. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe to us on our podcast format. And remember, remember, heaven is watching how we respond. God bless you. Thank you guys. Have a good day. Submit your questions today to Pastor Morris at ctcmeav at gmail.com or leave them below in the comments right here on our Facebook page. Pastor Morris is ready to answer your questions. See them featured in the next episode. You can now listen to Hashtag Morris Mondays in a podcast format available at anchor.fm slash Morris Mondays and right now on Spotify anytime, anywhere, anyplace. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Morris Mondays. There you can get more information on hashtag Morris Mondays, submit your questions, and listen and see exclusives from Morris Mondays.